Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, welcome back to another week of A Better Way Forward, trying to step into 2023 healthy. Last week, we transitioned into relationships. Really, Thanksgiving week, we transitioned into relationships. Last week, we talked about your relationship with God, resetting that relationship. This, this, this week, this day, we're going to talk about resetting the relationships with those around us, those who are in close proximity with us. We call them believers, or those who walk with us. And so uh, the title of today's message is What to Expect with Unclear Expectations. We have five kids, so we've read that book, What to Expect and You're Expecting. And the description or, or kind of the, the, the roundabout kind of, you know, overall view is identifying and clarifying the assumptions in our relationships. And so if this is your first time here, my name is Dusty Otis. If I was Steve Harvey, I would welcome you and say, we got a good one for you today, right? Oscar loves that. So have you ever had a time when you were thinking or feeling about someone a certain way and it wasn't true? You had this belief or this idea or this thought and they just rubbed you the wrong way, and you come to find out a little bit later that it just wasn't true. Ever had that happen? Matthew 7 uh, is where we're at today. Matthew 7, verse 1 through 5. I'm just going to start off the top with this. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. It tells us pretty simple. God didn't come to judge. Jesus didn't come to judge, but to free, right? And so it's not about judgment. Don't judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. By the way, the synonym for judge is to conclude, to decide, to assume, to determine, to believe, or to think, or to resolve all on your own. Let me tell you what I think. And your judgment becomes the judgment and judge of all, right? Verse 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when the whole time there's a, there's a log, there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite is what it says. First take the plank out of your eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck. In short, in short, don't judge and God won't judge you. And remember, verse 3 through 5, just nobody's perfect. Nobody's spotless, nobody's speckless, right? And so now, God has given each of us this inner guide inside of us to move through life. It's, it's His Spirit and we call it our heart. We're talking about those three parts whole. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Your spirit is your heart. God's given you a heart. That's what your spirit is. But our mind and our thoughts and our feelings also help us move and navigate through life, right? And so knowing when to follow our feelings versus when to follow our hearts is invaluable. It's probably the most valuable thing that we can have. It's called discernment. We walk in it in life. And we must have that in us, if we're going to know the difference between real and assumption, right? Truth and assumption, right? And in that, we must know the difference between our heart and our feelings, especially if we're going to mature as believers, if we're going to grow in our faith. Now, God knows all things about all people all the time. So that Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 5, that's pretty important, pretty meaningful to us. Because sometimes we play the card that he doesn't. So because we think he doesn't, we become the judge, right? But God knows all things about all people all the time. 
Yet there are times that we like to kind of step into that role and we make assumptions of other people or we misinterpret behaviors of other people without verifying facts. And we kind of lay the claim to say, well, that's just that, right? And these assumptions and misinterpretations create mass amounts of confusion. They create mass amounts of pain, heartache, uh, trial, you name it. You name it. That's what they have. And so, for example, I want to imagine this happened to me several times. So I'm just going to put you in my seat for a second. Imagine that your spouse, who usually calls you from work, doesn't call. It's a Tuesday. And you don't hear from them. He or she, right? And so then you begin to wonder, man, it's 12 o'clock and I haven't heard from them yet. And so then you start to wonder, I wonder if they're angry, if they're upset. Did I miss something? Did I say something? What did I do wrong? Why aren't they calling, right? In our mind, we're soulish people. Your soul is your mind. We automatically go to the negative. Something has to be wrong, bad, my fault, his fault, and anger builds, right? By the way, when we assume the worst, how many of you know what assume does? <laughs> Come on, somebody. All right, so all day long, for the rest of the time, you stew on their apparent immature behavior. The cold shoulder you're getting isn't so cool to you, and you're not sure why they haven't called yet. Never mind picking up the phone and calling to make sure everything's okay, by the way. We just, spoiler alert, we just, we sit in our frustration. So, so then what happens uh, is because, because of what's transpired in your mind, not having any facts, what's transpired is when they get home, you choose to ignore them because they ignored you, right? And all day you went without saying anything, and so you go to bed without saying anything, including the old casual token good night and you just go to bed upset angry aggravated hurt meanwhile your spouse remains in the kitchen on the couch not saying anything not knowing if anything is wrong not asking if anything is wrong just trying to to come back to earth from the busy day that they had at work right and because they stay where they are and they don't say anything and they seem to be in this haze, this confirms your hypothesis about their immaturity and their lack of care for you, right? Now, you go to bed and you decide to confirm that, man, things are worse than I thought they were. This is not good. This is not good. And so you kind of think to yourself, and you might even say, oh, man, can't wait for the morning. Can't wait for the morning. And so you turn off the light, and you turn over in bed. And you make sure that when they come to bed, they only get your backside, not your front side. We ain't trying to have no face-to-face right now, right? The next morning, much to your surprise and, and how you went to bed, you find out the truth. They didn't call because they had an emergency at work. And, and all of that, that emergency created panic, it created overload, it created stress, and it created more work. And it also caused several schedule conflicts that made their day run into the night. 
But wait, you created this intricately detailed scenario in your mind that you laid out step by step that never took a walk, <laughs> that never happened. None of what you built up in your mind was true. So do you apologize? Absolutely not. I did nothing wrong, <laughs> right? He is the one who didn't call. She is the one who didn't call. This is a lot like, to lighten this up a little bit, this is a lot like waking up from a bad dream and being mad at your spouse because of something that you dreamed about them. I had this dream last night, and you were here, and you were this, and I can't even believe it. I'm like, hey, it was a dream. I never left the house, right? It's a lot like that. And what's crazy about not getting that phone call is it caused you to immediately turn negative. Negative. When you interpret the behavior of someone else without facts, it leads you to assuming about what they were thinking, about what they were feeling, about what they were wanting, what they were doing. Well, he hasn't called. He must be doing this. He must be there. She must be well, she's so. And immediately we interpret the behavior of somebody else and we start, we start assuming and, and thinking, judging Matthew 7, right? We know what they're thinking, we know what they're feeling, we know what they're wanting, we know what they're doing. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. They must not care about me, right? And the sad thing about this is we rarely discuss these thoughts or feelings. The assumptions we make behind the scenes disconnected, away, apart. We hardly ever discuss these thoughts or feelings. And so what happens is they turn into hidden landmines. And that's just, that's just over there. We don't say, hey, by the way, don't step on that, right? They just turn into these hidden landmines in our relationships, which cause us to slowly build resentment toward one another. And they create these invisible walls that we build and they keep others out. But the reality in all of that is it only hurts you. It only hurts the person assuming and creating these false narratives, conflict, etc. And today, as we kind of transition, today I want you to think about the person that you do this most with, the person that you assume the most about. Who do you misinterpret or, or make false assumptions about? Get that person in your head. If you're taking notes, you can write their initials. And where you're out, you just, you know, draw a picture. Here's, here's one of your action steps this week. At an appropriate time this week, ask them, hey, can I check an assumption that I have? Yeah, I know what assume does. And you laugh and joke around a little bit. Maybe you're like, I'm not using that word. Can I check? Hey, can I check my way of thinking with you? I've had a few of these thoughts. I've thought this for the last few weeks, for the last few days. I thought this yesterday. Can I check this with you? Examples. Dusty, I don't know what you're talking about. Here. So, so then if they say yes, you say, here's what I see. Here's what I hear. Here's what I feel. Here's what I think. It seems like, right? We know those ways of communicating. And then before, before that, you can also go, what did you see? Not like you're questioning them, but help me understand. I want to gain some understanding here. What did you see? What did you hear? What did you feel? What did you think? So for example, I noticed that you didn't call yesterday. I noticed you didn't call today. 
That's unusual. That's unusual. So I'm wondering, is everything okay? Is something wrong? Man, come on. Bring some clarity right to that. Here's another one. This is a real good one. Hey, I saw you talking to so-and-so. I saw you hug so-and-so, yet you walked right past me. You know, and if you're offended, you'll say, like I wasn't even there, right? You walked right past me, and I'm just wondering if I might have said something that offended you or, or bothered you, or if I might have done something to upset you. As, can, you help me, can you help me get that, right? And the reality in this is the stories that we tell ourselves in these situations and these narratives that we create and these assumptions that we have, they have an enormous impact on our feelings. Just like that dream you wake up from, you're like, I cannot believe you. Like, whoa, 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 right? The reality in, in the stories that we tell ourselves is they have an enormous impact on our feelings. And so to prove it, I'm going to ask you this. What happens when someone agrees to meet you somewhere at set time, but they show up late, but they show up late? How different are your feelings? Here's the question. How different are your feelings when you tell yourself one of these two things? Here's the first one that people tend to go to. This relationship is clearly more important to me than it is to them. Where are they? Where are they? Now, how different are your feelings when you tell yourself that versus telling yourself, maybe they got in an accident driving here. Right now, just sitting here with me, you and me online. By the way, thanks for joining me online. How different are your feelings? We said we're going to meet this time. They don't show up, right? This is obviously more important to me than them. Or, man, I wonder if they're okay. I wonder if they got an accident. Something is wrong. This is when we go to the what before the who, right? In church, a lot of times we can, we can look around and be like, man, where were you? I noticed that you weren't here. Where were you? That's the wrong question. Somebody's missing. That we should pick up the phone and go, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Our feelings change so drastically when we change the narrative of the story that we're telling ourselves. And, and it takes so much of our feelings. Each interpretation gives you a different feeling because your feelings are closely related to the story that you're telling yourself. So, let's move forward. To quit misinterpreting and assuming the worst, we must verify our thoughts by actually talking to people in person instead of in our heads. Woo! Right? To quit misinterpreting and assuming the worst, we need to verify our thoughts by talking to people in person instead of talking to them in our heads. Exodus 20, 16, it's the ninth commandment, by the way. It says, don't give false testimony of anyone, against anyone, ever. And every time that we make an assumption about someone without confirming it, we're believing a lie about that person in our heads, and it's only because we haven't checked the facts with that person. Right? And so we choose to believe something that is untrue, which is really easy to pass along to others, by the way. We create this, and then, and then it's called gossip, right? Oh, my God. Did you hear? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Did you? You should have. I can't believe. Did you know? Right? We call that gossip. We believe something's untrue. It's unverified. We haven't even talked to that person. We're going to go and share what we think with somebody else. Right? And here's the reality of all of that. The reality is we're leaving reality. 
We're leaving reality. We are making a conscious decision to leave reality, right? For a mental creation of our own doing, what we've assumed. And when we do that, we create a counterfeit world. This is all fake. It's a world that I've created. It's not really real. There's not really truth in this. I've created this counterfeit world. And when we do this, we exclude God completely because he does not exist outside of reality. God doesn't exist outside of truth. And so when we create an assumption, God can't be in that assumption. So you can't create an assumption, create a false narrative, you know, misinterpret something and say, God, I wish you would help them do that. You don't even know what they're doing. That's so silly, right? Here's the deal. By living in our false interpretations and assumptions, we wreck relationships by creating endless amounts of confusion and conflict. Remember Matthew 7 at the top reminds us that our place in any relationship is not the judge. It's not the judge. We're to walk in love. So let's take these false interpretations and let's take these assumptions. Let's go one level deeper because this is really good. This is really good. When we believe something to be true that is false, whether about God or anybody else, or even ourselves for that matter, it leads to a great deal of pain. It leads to a great deal of confusion. And most of the time it ends the relationship. It's going to result in the end of that relationship. Our false interpretations and our assumptions typically lead to three forms of false thinking. Three forms of false thinking. And I believe we're all guilty of all three. At least I know I am. And so if you're taking notes, you can jump on this with me. Here's the first false way of thinking. It's all or nothing. Man, this is my go-to, right? You're in or out. It's black or white. It's nothing else, right? It's all or nothing. This way of thinking makes things bigger than they really are, right? And it makes them more black and white than they really are. It's going to be this or it's going to be that. That's all it is. So the moment I start to interpret a behavior, misinterpret a behavior, or start assuming, it's easy for me to go, they don't care. They're out. They're out. Right? Man, I had to work on that. The second way is to go, I'm offended. I'm offended. Boy, the devil likes to work in this, right? And this way of thinking leads us to take offense before having all the facts. We just jump to, conclu jump to conclusions. <whistles> Been there. Just jump to conclusions, right? I'm offended. And this is what I know. I don't need the facts. I, I don't even care. I don't even want to hear you side of the story. Here's what you did. Here's where you were. Here's what happened. I'm sick of it, right? And we just go right there. Jump. Whoa, whoa. Guilty. We just cast judgment. Guilty until proven innocent, right? And so, and the third way of thinking is things are never going to change. Things will never change. This way of thinking leads to the belief that the future is fixed, right? Change is impossible. And so this is after a period of time of dealing with the same thing over and over, same result. It's called insanity. We get to a point where we go, why waste my time? Why waste my time? Things are never going to change. Here's a question in this. In your relationships, which of these three are you most likely to use? It's all or nothing. I'm offended. Or things will never change. That'll give you a good idea of where you are. It's a barometer. You know, okay, 
here's where I'm at with, with this person, these people in, in my life. Remember Exodus 26, 10, that ninth commandment tells us, don't give false testimony against anyone. So we need to wait back, wait back. Remember, nobody's perfect. So do not make assumptions without confirming the facts or you're choosing your thought over their truth, which is a lie, which is a false testimony. Well, I don't want to hear their truth. Again, that's on, that's on you if you choose to assume before confirming the facts, right? So the other question I have in this is this. In which relationship, you've identified a person. Let's go a little bit broader. Let's identify a relationship. In which relationship are you making assumptions that may not be true? In which relationship are you making assumptions that may not be true? What will you do to clarify with that person? How do we clarify again? Here's what you ask. Hey, can I check my way of thinking with you? You don't have to come and say, man, I've been assuming this. I've been assuming the worst about you, that you're a dirt bag, okay? That you are a scum bucket, that you are a whatever, right? I've been assuming this. You're not going to say that. Identify the person you're assuming the most about and go ask. Ask them. This is the action step this week. I'm going to affirm it here in a second. Can I check my way of thinking with you? Can I check my way of thinking with you? Here's why. To stop assuming, we must clarify our expectation. This is the wrap right here. This is something that we rarely do. We rarely clarify or set expectation because we get lost in love. We get caught up, caught up in all of the externals, right? And only over time do we start to set boundaries or create expectations. A little late now, right? We didn't identify this enough. We didn't, we didn't start walking in this in the beginning, but now that we've been walking a while, I can see I don't like this. Those are the hard conversations to have, right? Those are the ones that, that, that separate or, or end in the result of um, the result in lost relationship. By the way, boundaries are not expectations. Boundaries are boundaries. They're lines, right? Boundaries are like, hey, you don't, you don't cross here, right? This is my space, right? That's a boundary, right? And the longer you wait to set the expectation, the harder it is to implement it. The reality is this. Most of our assumptions and false interpretations come from the expectations that we have put on people but have not made clear to them. So then, they have no clue they exist. Most of our assumptions, false interpretations, come from the expectations that we put on people that they don't even know about, right? They have no clue they exist. So to begin clarifying expectations and to eliminate jumping to conclusions, I want to apply some practical truth today. You can find all four of these in Proverbs 18. Put them on the screen for you. Proverbs 18 verse 2 says this, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Jumping to conclusions. Verse 13, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Jumping to conclusions. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Oh, that's good. Now we're talking about patience. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to ask, right? And the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. That means listening, right? Verse 17, the one who states his case first seems right until the other examines it. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like in court, right? Man, that's a pretty, you got a pretty good case until cross-examination, right? If we don't ever come out with the accusation or the assumption or the misinterpreted behavior, if we don't ever step on that, we're good, right? It's just practical truth. Proverbs 18, verse 2, 13, 15, 17. 2, 13, 15, 17, write those down. Okay, now, one of the best things I did in my relationship with Heather to eliminate jumping to conclusions and to not even allow the space for her to create a false expectation was to set up a daily debrief with her. And so it took me a couple years to get this figured out, but I put it on my calendar. She expects it on my calendar. It's called Heather's First 15. It's on there. I don't need to look at that, but man, when I see my calendar the other day, I know it's a reminder. I'm going to break it down with my girl today, right? And so here's what happens. I come into this moment. And I don't do anything. I walk in the door. My stuff comes with me. Kids, greet the kids. What's up? Good to see you. All that. Hey, babe, how was your day? How's your day? Man, because we went for the first four years of our marriage without me asking this question, it was months to get her to go, great. Now, here's the reality. If I didn't implement this first 15 and I just came in, did my routine that I was used to doing and sit down, grab me some sweet tea, sit down and plugged in, just shut off for a minute, got the ESPN, I would be a terrible listener. You don't listen to a word I say. And so the transition this was first was me muting and actually turning and listening and then turning and hitting, pl and hitting play or, or volume up. And then she's talking again. And so I realized, man, I can't do this, Right. So she's more important. I'm sorry it took me so long, Lord, to figure this out. We have called us to walk together. I'm going to turn this off. Matter of fact, I'm not going to turn this on. So let me sit here. And then when she had my undivided attention, it was tough. We had, we had to have some tough conversations to work through, right? But I'm an open book, but I'm asking questions, and she's asking questions. And this helped our communication more than anything else. This is the first 15 minutes of the day. By the way, it also helped me understand that Heather doesn't question to question. She questions to gain understanding. I'm not, I'm not questioning you. I'm really trying to figure out or to learn more about you, to understand your day, etc. right? And so, because she cares. So remember, um, remember that time, this is the question we opened up with, by the way, that time that you were thinking or feeling something about someone that wasn't true? Remember that time <laughs> or those times? The reason you felt that was because there were unclear expectations. There were unclear expectations. Did that person know they were supposed to call? Is that still on their calendar every day? Every day at 210, I'm making this phone call. Is that, do they know that you have that expectation of them, right? So to clarify what is unclear, we want to ask instead of assume. Ask instead of assume. To clarify expectations, you must eliminate what causes confusion, pain, misunderstanding, disappointment, and assumption. This is a big block here if you're taking notes. When these things are eliminated, we can set clear, valid, and unbiased expectations. That's huge. That's huge. That said, that said, your expectations can come from anywhere. So be very careful. Be very careful. Your family, this is what happened in the past. Well, this is how my dad did it. This is, how, this is how my mom did it, right? TV, culture, social media, internet, all those things. All those things, right? 
And so your expectation can come from anywhere. You make sure it's, it's rooted in truth and it's true to who you are. Okay. So knowing all of that, there can still be issues with your expectations. There can still be issues with your expectations. Here's what they are. There are four, there are four issues that we have with our expectations, right? The first one is this, an unconscious expectation. What, what is that? That is having expectations of others that they don't know we have. They don't even know we have them, but we have them. I thought you was going to call me today. I'm not supposed to call you today. Well, you're not supposed to. I just thought you would because I'd like to hear your voice. Well, that's, I want to hear your voice too, but I didn't know that. Problem solved, right? Sometimes we don't know we have the expectation of the person until we're angry, upset, or disappointed. So the unconscious expectation is a rough one to deal with. Need to add clarity. The second one is unrealistic. Unrealistic. This is having expectations that are unreasonable. This is unreasonable. Well, you, well, I know that you're a doctor, but you need to call me every day at two o'clock. I'm a doctor. I could be in surgery at two o'clock, right? Unreasonable. When you have unrealistic expectations, the reality is you're being selfish. And what you're saying is my way or the highway. You either do it this way or don't do it at all. That's unrealistic expectation. The third one is unspoken. We have unspoken expectations. This is a lot like unconscious. Except unconscious are, we have, we have, right? They don't know. And we don't even know that we have them until we're upset or disappointed. Then we realize, oh yeah, I expect that of you, right? Unspoken is having expectations that we are conscious of that may be realistic, but we've not shared or said with anyone, right? And so in this, we assume that others can read our mind. And unspoken tend to be those that we don't share. The unspoken expectations we have tend to be those that we don't share because we want to avoid conflict, right? So we keep avoiding them until the molehill becomes a mountain that has a volcano in it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, why? Unspoken. Unspoken. We've never said a thing. And so we've led the other person to believe, all oh, this is okay. All oh, this is okay. Which now they're starting to think, wow, he doesn't care or she doesn't care about any of this. Amazing. Now you have to tear all that down and rebuild it. Why? Unspoken expectations. We don't want that volcano to blow up. The fourth one is unagreed. We are unagreed on this expectation. This is having an expectation of somebody else that they did not agree to, or others having expectations of us that we did not agree to. So the unagreed expectations, these are the ones that we dance around, but we never settle on. We talk about them periodically, and talking about them makes us feel good. It makes me feel really good, because at least I've voiced some of my heart, some of my concerns, some of what I need, right? And they make us feel good, and they get us through another day, or another week, or even another month, depending on how patient we are. And we continue to dance around them and bring them up and down until that same volcano erupts, right? And so then you're like, wow, we've talked about really the problems with our expectations. So then what is a valid expectation? If we've identified all this, what is valid? We know the types that are not, what is fair? Here's, here's what you know. There's a couple exceptions in, in identifying valid expectations, right? I expect my kids to do the dishes. 
Does that mean they get done? I expect Kaz to water the Christmas tree every morning when he get up, when he gets up, because he said he would. He said he wanted to. He would do it. Does that mean he does it every morning? I expect Lanny to unplug the Christmas lights outside every morning this time of year because she said she would, and she loves it. Does she do it? No. Still going to go, hey, girl. And so you can have great expectations, and you can have great wants, and you have great desires for people, but that doesn't mean they get done. That doesn't mean they happen. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.14, last scripture I'm going to share with you today. Here's what it says. It says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Man, this really helps when I'm trying to, one, not just have a false assumption, but create an expectation. Understand that the person on the other side might need encouraged, might be disheartened, might be weak. Be patient with everyone. Here's where it flips. I love this. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, not the judge, right? Nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is right for each other and for everyone else. Everybody gets a fair shake. We call that justice, right? Rejoice always. Rejoice always. That's positive. Pray continually. Seek God. Cover them continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Lord, I know, I know, I know that you're in this, right? For this is God's will for you. So the note takers, here's what a valid expectation looks like. Here's what a valid expectation looks like. I want you to look at those four, the four problems that we have with our expectations. And I want you, if you could do side by side, it'd be amazing. Okay. Here's the first way to make sure that expectation you have is valid. It needs to be conscious. I need to be conscious of this. I'm aware, and you're aware, and they're aware of my expectation. We are all aware of my expectation. Everybody's got it. We're good. Okay? Otherwise, the next time you leave time on the microwave, I'm going to lose my mind. Right? Is time on the microwave really a big deal? No. For years, like, I never say anything. I just go over there and I just hit the clear button. Hit the clear button. Hit the clear button. To finally, I'm like, good grief. Can we just clear the microwave when we take the food out of the microwave? When I look over from across the room, I just want to see what time it is. For Pete's sake, right? Conscious. Everybody's aware of the expectation we have. That was a silly example, but it was real. Okay? Speaking of real, number two, is your expectation realistic? Is it realistic? What do I mean? That means there's evidence to support the expectation is reasonable. It's reasonable. It's not one-sided. There's evidence to support the expectation is reasonable. Okay? The clarity and justification on this. Here's, here's how you know it's realistic. It's been done before, or the person has the capacity to do it, and they have the willingness to do it. Right? It's realistic. It's realistic. The third one has it been spoken? I, you, or they have expressed the expectation very clearly. I'm conscious of it. It's realistic. And I've said it. Right? It's understood by everyone. And the fourth one, if the problem is being unagreed, the fourth one is agreed. 
is, has this expectation been agreed upon, right? Both people have agreed to the expectation by saying, yes, I got you, we get this, we're good, right? Why? How can two people walk together unless they are agreed, unless they're in agreement? So then, this is how you create valid expectations in your relationships. So that you can walk in agreement with full understanding without constant distraction and conflict. What causes that? Man, unclear, right? Unconscious, <laughs> unconscious, unclear, unrealistic, unspoken, unagreed expectations. So then we need to make them conscious, realistic, spoken, and agreed. You want to have valid expectations? There's, there's, your, there's your deal. Easier said than done. It's a process. It takes time. And that process takes consistency. I can't dip in and dip out. Oh, it was good for today, but the next five days stink. In the same boat you've always been in. Remember, the expectation that you set is only valid when it is mutually agreed upon. If it's not agreed upon, it's not a valid expectation. We can pretend and we can expect, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? The only exception to this, like I said, is, is a couple things. Parent to child, right? We call it ownership, but like we're all going to take part in this house. Chores, like here's the expectation. You're going to follow through because you live here too, right? Employer to employee, it's in contracts, wages, overtime, etc. And last one's in our marriage with our vows, the vows that you make. The vows that you make. So here's the biggest question that we come to at the end of this deal is this. What do I do if somebody cannot meet my expectations? I've set the bar really high, whatever. I've been walking, we've been together, we've, I thought we agreed, but we didn't. What do I do if somebody cannot meet my expectations? The first thing to do is this. Ask yourself, are you aware of your expectation? Are you really aware of it? Is it realistic for them? Have I actually verbalized this, vocalized this with them? And have they had an opportunity to agree to it? If you can ask all those and you've been through that and you've answered, you're like, yeah. If you answer all those and the opportunity has been presented to them and they refuse, now the decision is yours. The decision is yours. And there doesn't have to be negotiation. Hey, this doesn't work for me. Okay? And the real question is this. What is it costing you to be in a relationship with them? if they don't value what you value or expect or, or meet your expectations. The reality in that is this, it's costing you too much, right? And it might be time to do some pruning. Everything that grows needs pruned. John 15 confirms that. And so the pruning may be painful and it may look ugly for a minute, for a week, but that pruning brings so much life and so much growth and so much beauty and so much fullness, right? And it brings all that you would never see if you never, if you never pruned and lopped it down so it had an opportunity. And the reality is it's time for some of you to grow. It's time for some of you to grow. That means you need to do some pruning in the relationships around you. I'll close with this. If you're going to step into 2023 healthy, then those around you need to understand what your expectation is. And they should be healthy too. And if they're not healthy too, they need to be in agreement with you and you need to set that bar, right? Otherwise, you're going to continually become who you surround yourself with. And there's this, this truth and there's a rule in my life. It's how I lead. It's how I lead. It's super simple. What happens in your life is either led or allowed. You lead it or you allow it to happen. 
You lead it or you allow it to happen. Well, I, I don't know how I ended up there. Yes, you do. You allowed it. You chose to go. I don't know how I did that. Yes, you do. You led that moment. You walked right into it, right? What happens in your life is you let it allowed. Here's the reality. This is the, the hard truth of it is this. We can deflect responsibility and we can create excuses and we can cast blame on other people. And these things, these three things, they're going to bring comfort for a little while, but they give us the illusion that we're in control. That comfort they bring gives us the illusion that we're in control. However, deflecting and blaming and making excuses does the exact opposite. It keeps us stuck in immaturity and it limits God's movement and work in our life. The God-given right that he's given us, it doesn't allow us to work in those. Because God gives you the freedom to make decisions and to set boundaries and to create expectations and to think for yourselves and to use every sense that you have to interact with the world. But we must take responsibility for what he's given us instead of shifting it elsewhere through deflecting blame or excuses, right? You're never going to change someone else, ever. 100% confident of that. But you can change you through the grace of God. It takes pruning. It takes making great decisions. It takes believing in the one who put the truth in the word that belongs in your heart. So then, do not blame, excuse, assume, or misinterpret anything. Lead your life and those around you into 2023 so you can be the best version of yourself and live your best year yet. Here's your action step. Clarify and validate your expectations. What do I mean? Sit down this week with those who are in meaningful relationship with you and share your heart. Share your heart. Here's some examples. Hey, I like to clarify a few things. Hey, I wonder if you see this too. I wonder if you think this too. I wonder if you see this too, right? Understand here. Are you willing? Do you think we could? Can we agree? Can we agree? Because lest two be agreed, they cannot walk together. You want to walk agreed in 2023. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to share, Lord, what it means to have clear expectations. Lord, with the people around us, with those you brought into our lives, help us to make great decisions in the process of clarifying our expectation. I thank you for being with people today and for those who need to move forward with you and take a step, they need to be involved in a relationship with you, they need to reestablish that relationship, they need to jump into their Bible and start reading and planning the word of God, the truth in their heart. I ask you to help me help them. Lord, I love you, and I thank you. Lord, give them boldness to follow through. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, today's message spoke to you. I ask you to share it. Send it along to somebody else. Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty hot topic right now, so it's worth the share, especially as we uh, not just navigate into Christmas and the holidays with the family and our, and our loved ones that are around us, but as we get into the next year. And so then keep coming back. Tell somebody about this. Go to the website. Check it out. All that stuff. If you're giving with us, we are building budgets to make an impact in 2023. If you've not yet given or partnered with us financially, I would encourage you jump on board and do that. If you're like, eh, I'm just not sure, pray about it. Pray about your part with us, with me in the next year so we can make a difference and be the church where we are, where we are. Uh, that's it. Next week, we're going to finish this series finally next week. 
and finish up with relationships, resetting our relationships. Next week, talking about the external relationships. Now, I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. Him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened so that you would know His hope, His calling, and His purpose are for you and the great things that He has in store for you. I'm so thankful you're here. Thanks for joining me online. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public servicemen and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreetofine.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.